This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Republicans are becoming used to wild card candidates making headlines for all the wrong reasons. But in Georgia, they're backing a former NFL star who, new reporting in the state has found, is regarded by members of his own campaign team as a liar, mentally unstable and psychologically unfit for high office. My name is Herschel Walker and I'm running for the United States Senate. So what are the chances that Herschel Walker will take back that all-important Senate seat from the Democrats? And if he can't, do Republicans rethink their strategy of backing untested celebrities for the top jobs? I'm Jonathan Friedland, columnist at The Guardian, and this is Politics Weekly America. Uh, Herschel Walker is a fascinating candidate generally. He's just a he has an incredible character. Roger Sollenberger is a political reporter for the American news website, The Daily Beast. He spent the last few months talking to Herschel Walker's inner circle and was shown a batch of emails and texts between campaign officials. The result is a damning portrait of a candidate in one of the most important contests in November's midterm elections. So uh, I began really reporting in earnest on Herschel Earlier this year, I wrote a piece about his business dealings. And there have been a few pieces like this, but you know, I've uncovered even more lies and exaggerations, falsehoods, whatever, about, you know, the size of his businesses, how much money he's making, businesses that don't seem to even really exist. And so after that, I, I had been looking at other things in Herschel Walker's personal life that seemed kind of off to me. And back in and I guess late May or early June, story came out where he had been saying that he's a an FBI agent. <laughs> you know, he's a trained FBI agent, and he worked in law enforcement, and carried a gun, and and all this stuff. None of that was was remotely true. And around then, I was just googling around, and I came across this child that he had never acknowledged publicly. That report came out in I think it was early June. And then the very next day, I have a tip that there's another child that he has not confirmed publicly. I mean, Herschel Walker has spent years, you know, saying that fatherless homes are a a scourge, a real problem, and specifically in the black community. I know uh, the fatherless home is a major, major problem. And Herschel Walker, who was born in Wrightsville, Georgia. You know, I took it, I took care of a lot of people in my hometown. I took care of a lot of the places around where I grew up. I was being like a father to some of those kids that may have had fathers. And then this whole time when he's making these arguments, he has a child. You know, he had contested paternity and he fought a child support suit. The point there is, you know, it's about the hypocrisy. 
So to be clear, you and the Daily Beast are not uh, overcome with old-fashioned family values morality, that you think it's bad that this man had children out of marriage. It's rather the inconsistency between his own stated family values position and the reality. Yeah, thank you for actually shining a light on that specifically, because a lot of people who are, you know, Herschel defenders would see this article and they say, oh, well, you know, you're just pulling this child out of, out of nowhere. It's like, this is unfair. It's a personal attack. No, we, we have no no skin in that game at all, right? We, we don't care. Herschel is actually pretty open about having a, a pretty complicated, non-traditional family with, you know, he's gone through a divorce, remarried, was co-parenting with his son, who he does talk about publicly, Christian, is nothing to do with that. It, it's about strictly what you're saying, the, the hypocrisy about, you know, what Herschel says, and then the life secretly that Herschel has, which are at complete odds. So let's get to the most recent revelations that have shaken his campaign. Yeah. So the sec after the second child, the, the follow-up report, uh, there was another one that he did not acknowledge in the first one turned out that he had lied to his campaign about these kids. They had been tipped off and his campaign staff, top staff approached him with evidence in hand because they knew or they expected that Herschel, who lies, you know, like he's breathing, as this uh, one staffer told me, they approached him and they had this evidence and they said, well, do you have any other, do you have any children out of wedlock, right? They're children that you haven't told us about. He said, no. And then, and they handed him the evidence that they had, and he had to begrudgingly admitted it. And they asked him if he had any other kids, and he said no. And so after my first report came out, they said, all right, Herschel, we're going to put our names on a statement here that says that you have a child out of wedlock. Are there any others that we should know about? And he tells them again, no, <laughs> there aren't. And then the next day, get them to confirm that, in fact, there's not just one more, but two more. And it turns out that this is just one instance, one episode uh, in the ongoing struggle between his campaign and the candidate to make sure that you know he is telling the truth to them. They don't trust him. They have to verify everything that he says. They don't really trust him with media. They run a very tight ship with Herschel, and they are in fear of tripping off his anger. And Herschel does have uh, mental health issues that he struggles with. And, and one of the expressions of those is a, apparently an explosive rage. You know, they have to tiptoe around. And so he can't really take criticism. I mean, there are, he just doesn't seem like he can handle the campaign trail. It's, it's a complete disaster. Look, I'm bound to ask you this, because the business of having secret children is something that those of us here in Britain are quite familiar with in terms of our leaders. The prime minister, soon to be ex-prime minister, uh, is known to have an indeterminate number of children. People can't keep up, and he has never been fully transparent about that. Uh, but in the end, what was his undoing, Boris Johnson's undoing, was not being straight or honest with colleagues. In the end, that led them 
uh, his closest colleagues to just say enough's enough and to walk. And that's what brought him down. You've been speaking to people, obviously, you're not going to tell us exactly who, but people who are in the campaign, it seems as if they're not walking, they're not leaving, that you haven't reported mass resignations, or even the Republican high ups saying enough's enough and pulling the plug on this campaign. How do you account for the fact that so far that isn't what's happening with Herschel Walker in Georgia? Well, they did it eventually with Boris, right? With Herschel, it also seems like that timing would play a factor here. Now, I don't know, maybe the campaign and again, the Republican Party, these people have a larger game plan, but Herschel's timeline with them has been very short, right? So he's only really been a a political figure for less than a year now. He surged to the front of the primary race. Former UGA football star Herschel Walker declared the victory in the Republican primary by a long shot. As you can tell, he is backed by former President Donald Trump. So like it or not, the Republicans have been sort of stuck with him. A lot of, you know, establishment Republicans, they didn't really want him. They didn't think he was properly vetted, but he had the the endorsement of Donald Trump right out of the gate. Herschel has been one of the greatest athletes in America, and I know he will go down also as one of the greatest senators in America. Whether they like it or not, he's their their horse that they've got to ride through November here. Right. So they, in a way, stuck with him. But what is the polling evidence suggesting at the moment? Are stories like yours cutting through? Is the public in Georgia, Georgia voters, Republicans, beginning to take a look at this candidate you've described as someone who his own aides think is a pathological liar, unable to cope with the pressure of even campaigning for high office, let alone serving in it. Is that being reflected in the numbers? It looks like he did take a a pretty significant hit in the polls. His uh, opponent, Dr. Uh, Raphael Warnock, he soared above and they were running neck and neck. And then this this one poll showed that that Raphael was was polling uh, 54% to Walker's 44%. That's quite a spread, right? 10 points. Especially in a state like Georgia, where the races were famously close last time. Yeah, super tight state. And that is a significant lead. But I think what we're going to see is, well, you know, is this race going to be decided by a group of Republicans who just cannot tolerate the idea of somebody like Herschel with all of the problems he brings to the table? Or will they show up and vote for him anyway? Because what matters more to them is the overall control of the Republican Party. The stakes are just so high. Remind us again, what is at stake and why the stakes are so high? with this single seat in Georgia, why it matters so much. The Democrats control right now, they control the presidency with Joe Biden and Democrats control the House of Representatives and they control the Senate. The Senate though is very, very narrow Democratic majority. It's actually even 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans, and then Kamala Harris is a tie-breaking vote, right? So Democrats have barely have control of the Senate. In the midterms, the Republicans are probably going to take control of the House of Representatives, and they are hopeful to take control of the Senate as well. And this race could make the difference. 
So if you really look down the road, the stakes could be pretty damn high for this seat. And you've explained to us that Republicans are, to some extent, just stuck with him. It's too late for them to change candidate. I wonder, though, what defences of him you're hearing, uh, what case positively, beyond just the fact that it's now irreversible, what positive case people are making for Herschel Walker to be the senator from Georgia, despite some of the things you've been reporting? The defences from from the campaign and, and people in his corner have, have basically been painting my stories as, as gossip stuff, right? I think it's instructive that in the last story about the campaign, the campaign statement to it and response, they didn't defend Herschel. They just said the campaign supported Herschel. So they didn't say Herschel Walker is not a liar. We, we trust Herschel. There, there was no, they weren't getting behind him. What they're doing instead is, is a pivot that that both parties make a lot, which is, you know, let's, let's look over here at the, at the Democrats, you know, let's look at who we're running against. And then they paint the broad brush, right? Well, you don't want a, you know, socialism. You don't want the radical left-wing Democrats taking control. Really politically, it seems like the Republican party does not want anyone to focus on him. But let's do the opposite of that and talk about this specific candidate and just go, let's go back a bit further beyond the person who's in the headlines right now. But you've mentioned that his claim to fame is as a very accomplished athlete with the Georgia Bulldogs, a star of American football. Beyond just that, what what, what else drew Donald Trump to back uh, Herschel Walker, given that Walker had no political experience. In fact, I think he's even admitted that he didn't even vote in Herschel Walker in 2016. So it's not as if he was some huge backer of Donald Trump in that year. What was it about Herschel Walker that gave him that early endorsement from Donald Trump, which made such a difference in seeing off his Republican rivals and winning the Republican nomination to run for the Senate in Georgia? Yeah, I actually don't think Herschel had registered recently until I think it was about a, about a month before the 2020 election. Herschel and Trump, though, they, they go way back, back into the early 80s when Herschel was coming out of, out of college and you know he had the choice to go. So in the U.S. we have the NFL, right, National Football League. Well, Donald Trump had this sort of knockoff, <laughs> like you know, uh, Trump version of the NFL that he was trying to get off the ground, called the United States Football League (USFL). Herschel Walker has a contract with me, a personal contract with me. I'd never do anything to hurt Herschel. But this is another project that's up there with Trump University, Trump Stakes and Trump Air, another one of those ventures that didn't really come to much. Yeah. And this this is like one of the, the very first versions of that, right? So he went big and he needed a face to launch this this new product, right? He needed an amb- like a brand ambassador, a star to draw people to get them to stop watching NFL games and maybe consider watching USFL games. And Herschel Walker was that guy, right? Herschel and Trump, became friends. Herschel likes to tell stories uh, about, you know, going on trips with Trump's kids, having dinner with Trump and their families together. And it was very early on. Uh, I believe that Trump and Herschel had discussed it well, well in advance. And Herschel likes to say, you know, he seems kind of angry about it, saying that it's not Trump's idea that I ran. You know, it's he keeps saying that, but no, it's my idea. It's my idea that I ran. So I'm mad at him because he never asked, but he's taking credit that he asked. 
before all this- Regardless of whose idea it is, Trump endorsed him. It was just waiting there for him. So he had this boost and just took off running and started raising so much money, Jonathan. It was incredible. Raphael Warnock is the highest raising you know, congressman. He was raising millions and millions of dollars. And Herschel Walker, uh, in his first three months, was raising literally dollar for dollar with this guy. And it just became way too powerful of a, of a force for, for anybody to sort of hold him back. And, and the Trump backing, obviously, hugely important. But it's not as if there weren't problems and difficulties in the Walker story, even before, you know, you turned your lens onto this story. Walker's ex-wife, Cindy Grossman, got a protective order against him. Her sister submitted an affidavit saying he stated unequivocally that he was going to shoot my sister, Cindy, and her boyfriend in the head. There have been repeated allegations of, th- uh, of threatening his ex-wife's life. She secured a protective order against him. Walker initially denied his threatening behavior, but in December last year, he had to say, look, I'm accountable to whatever I've done. That's what I tell people. And in his own book back in 2008, he said that he had been diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder and that that could partly account for some of the erratic behavior he's shown. You can get angry, but the anger that you can go out and really, really uh, hurt someone. Including amazingly playing Russian roulette with a loaded weapon at the kitchen table, a pistol. I mean, given all that, you'd think that the Trump backing, while very powerful, would still have prevented a political career. Uh, And yet here we are. There's a media ecosystem, right, in the United States that walls off these stories. And there's been great reporting. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is you know one of the, the strongest papers in the United States, it's Georgia's paper of record, has done incredible reporting. And as you mentioned, Nick, right out of the gate, they, they reported before Herschel announced running. Um, there have been allegations of domestic abuse. The, the Associated Press reported about his, his checkered past, about his business dealings. You know, there were insane stories that were coming out in the weeks before he announced. And in those weeks, those stories made it to establishment Republicans. Some senators reacted to those stories. They said, well, if these are true, then this is, we, we don't want him. But again, the media ecosystem is such that, you know, there are some walls that this information cannot penetrate. And they did not really, you know, travel in Republican circles or they weren't taken at face value or people figured, well, uh, he's such a powerful candidate. Uh, no one else could really overcome it. Let's just turn a, turn a blind eye to these and let's just get him out there. And, and again, like I said earlier, it's like, this is the horse. This is the guy we're going we're gonna to put our money on. But it leads us to the wider question, this this Herschel Walker story and the campaign he's going to fight against the Democrats, Raphael Warnock, the questions that raises. Because there is this now, this pattern across the country, perhaps embodied by the election of Donald Trump, which is for the party to throw out the old rule book about what constituted a good candidate, a viable candidate, and instead this preference for not just wildcards, but a very particular kind of celebrity wildcard. We have, you know, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, Herschel Walker here, even with the usual questions that would be fatal to a candidacy. Do you see this as part of a trend in American politics and indeed Republican politics? 
I mean, I think celebrity is obviously a key point on your political resume, right? In the United States, I, I think that that really, you know, sort of had been a, a joke, but Donald Trump really cracked that. And Donald Trump was such a uh, traditionally flawed candidate. I mean, I don't need to rehash all of the flaws of that guy, but you can actually start to see some, as you were pointing out, some parallels between Donald Trump and Herschel Walker, right? I mean, they are both womanizers. They exaggerate you know, just about everything about themselves. Donald Trump had this force, you know, snuck his way into the nomination, barely eked out the presidency, and then he transformed the Republican Party. Herschel Walker is not a transformative force. Herschel Walker is a force that's kind of coming in because of Donald Trump. He is uniquely troubled. There would be no senator in, in my memory that would resemble this man at, at all. He is a profoundly, in the painting of, of these people I've spoken with, troubled person who smiles and who can sort of coast on scripts that he has. He is not like Donald Trump. And the stories I've heard, he's much more unstable and much darker. I'm not sure if that translates into being as dangerous or anything as Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a political agenda. He's thirsts for power. He's a demagogue. He's an aspiring uh, autocrat. Herschel Walker doesn't strike me as having that streak at all. He has ambitions towards power. Again, in the tellings to me, just these, that's what these people are saying, that, that he, he's not fit for, for Senate. Roger, we always ask our guests on the podcast a what else question. And in recent weeks, it's often come back to the same thing. These January 6th hearings that the uh, House Committee on the Attempted Insurrection on Capitol Hill of January the 6th, 2021, have been conducting. The latest findings suggest that Donald Trump attempted to contact one of the witnesses who's been speaking to that committee, which would take it pretty close to a crime of witness tampering. And we've also had a former spokesman for the Oath Keepers Militia, a group very much associated with the far-right support for Donald Trump, telling Americans to, in his words, quit mincing words and just talk about truths and to recognise that Donald Trump was attempting to mount, quote, an armed revolution, unquote, in order to stay in power. Uh, these hearings have been the kind of background soundtrack to the uh, politics in America this summer. Uh, what do you make of where they're headed and, and what kind of impact everything that they've been uncovering might have on people who otherwise would have supported Donald Trump. I believe that that this time the the American public is seems to see a story much more clearly than they may have before with Donald Trump's business dealings. Well, you don't see those; those are years ago, and they're also secretive, and and you need subpoenas, and those investigations work in private. The Mueller investigation didn't leak at all. And the audience sort of bailed on that story and became numb to it. The January 6th panel, it appears, has learned from those and is conducting this in public in the most uh, you know, entertaining way. I think that these things cumulatively presented in this way can have an effect on public opinion and that that public opinion is part of the Justice Department's calculation in whether to bring consequences for Trump. I think that there are just an innumerable amount of ways that these hearings could play out politically and legally. And, you know, I, I 
do not want to speculate either way, but I don't think cynicism is the right seat to view this process. Roger Sollenberger, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jonathan. This was great. And that is all from me for this week. Now, The Guardian has published a months-long investigation into Uber and its practices after a whistleblower leaked thousands of documents connecting the company to lobbying groups and politicians that previously had been kept secret. Our sister podcast, Today in Focus, reported extensively on the investigation in a three-part series that went out earlier in the week. So do search for that wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, it's goodbye. The producer is Daniel Stevens with the help of Arif Islam. The executive producer is Maz Ebtahaj and I'm Jonathan Friedland. Thanks, as always, for listening. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.